This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. This week, we're talking with Back Paddle Brewing Company. We'll also talk with DJ Brian Orlando about a collaboration beer, with an important mission. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So as you said, joining us today, we have Kyle McLeod, the owner of Back Paddle, and also Jason Slater, the uh, head brewer for Back Paddle. We're going to talk about the uh, beers brewed with Kvike yeast and brewing on a nanoscale, and we're going to get into the Never Alone collab between DJ Brian Orlando and 1940s Brewery. So, guys, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Absolutely. So, Kyle, we just opened up your old-fashioned superstition. Can you give us a, a quick rundown on this beer? Uh, sure. That's a lager-style beer, um, only we brew that with the Lutra strain of uh, Kvike yeast. So it comes out a lot cleaner than uh, some of the others, uh, giving us that uh, kind of fake lager taste and, and uh, texture and color. The pseudo-lager, right? Pseudo-lager. Pseudo-lager, you bet. Okay, good deal. Well, guys, we'll get back with you in just a second. We are going to now join Brian Orlando, or Brian's going to join us. Yes. And we're going to talk about a really important beer that he did with 1940s Brewing Company, uh, collaboration beer. And uh, Brian, uh, how are you doing today, sir? Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me, man. I appreciate this a lot. Absolutely, absolutely. When you when you reached out to us, I'm like, you know what? This is a good mission. It's nice to see people doing things, you know, to raise awareness for certain causes. So you collaborated with 1940s Brewery. The beer is called Never Alone, and it's got a really important message. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's a beer for suicide prevention and mental health awareness. The beer is actually a mission. Uh, I'm reading this off the can. It's a double dry okay. hot New England India pale ale with notes of lime. I don't know much about beer. I just work with suicide prevention charities. The 1940s brewery came to me and said, let's do something, because we shot a music video for suicide prevention at that brewery two years ago. Okay. Now, that's the music video. Now, I thought the video was in conjunction with the beer, but this is something separate, and then you came in and did the beer behind that, correct? Yes. We okay. shot the music video with a very good friend of mine. Uh, unfortunately, she had lost her battle with depression about a year later, so we shelved the project. Oh, um, sorry to hear yeah. that. Then sorry the, to hear that. With the pandemic hit, um, we decided to release the video. It did well, and then the 1940s brewery said, let's take it further. So they brewed this beer. We put a QR code on the can. If you're drinking, just, you know, just having a beer to relax and maybe not feeling well, you could scan the can and watch a musical, uh, inspirational music video. So where can people get to the never alone beer as of right now on long island and the five boroughs in new york but we're working on getting that beer out to everyone sharing the recipe it was an idea from the 1940s brewery very cool very cool now the music video that's got some uh some of the acts that did that video are are ones some of us older folks may know a little bit about right <laughs> I 
called in some favors. It's cool. Kevin from Candlebox, Vinny from Sponge, and Brendan from Weedus. The drummer is actually the touring drummer of One Direction, who is a friend of Brendan's. Okay. And they all did this free of charge for me as a favor for the initiative. Very that's cool. very cool. Yeah, very that's. Cool I saw Weedus in Atlanta back around 2000, 2001. So that's that's the only one I've seen actually there. <laughs> I don't think I've seen any of them that's- actually, but I'm, I'm familiar with most... I think all of yeah. them, actually. Yeah, that's very cool. Those they have been a part of my career since I started 15 years ago. Uh, they also helped me launch this mission called the Choose Song Challenge. The challenge is on the can. We just ask people to post a 30 to 60 second inspirational video of you talking about a song that lifted you out of a funk with the hashtag Choose Song. And the idea is maybe someday somebody's looking for some inspiration. Here is your favorite song, and it could help them in life. I know how that is because I there's songs that definitely lift me up get me pumped put you in a certain state of mind for sure you know sometimes you're in that funk just turn on a you know turn on a good song i had a friend that had kids and they loved that song with uh the spongebob best day ever (laughs) so this dude is he's a grown adult but that was his feel-good song you know it got him pumped up and whatever works for you absolutely make it work i can definitely vouch for the fact that music is makes a huge impact during my working day i play the entire day and when it's not playing i'm not as productive i just know that for a fact so yeah yeah. i think it's i think it's a very important and very powerful thing so it's a really great idea it's it is brian this is a great cause we appreciate you joining us tell us a little bit about the beer i'm actually going to reach out to you uh outside of the show get some more info and links from you and folks we'll put information and links and stuff in the show notes for this so you can uh, check it out and get more info on this beer or if you're feeling down somewhere to go to you know lift up there yeah so brian thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate it gentlemen thank you i had a good time talking to you absolutely have a good one take care guys good cause brian yes good cause it's good to see beer working in the community there's so many things it's done to raise awareness diversity inclusion mental health you know, people grab a beer. If you're sitting there having a beer, you know, scan the code, check it I out. I mean, beer is all about being social, is being with other people, and, uh, you know, it's being positive. It's, I think, for the most part. You know, you people can drink for the wrong reasons, but I think right. we drink for the right reasons. We do. Yeah. We do. We're the good ones, bro. Yeah, we're some of yeah. the good ones. <laughs> well, Tim, I think we should get into beers of the week. Now it's time for our beers of the week. Brought to you by The Nest. Craft beer and barbecue in downtown Kennesaw, Georgia. TheNestKennesaw.com. Well, Brian, as always, we have a fantastic list of beers to get into. We never have a shortage of beer. We never do. In the studio, so that's a good thing. Uh, we've got a good selection here from Back Paddle Brewing. We have their uh, Battle of Dunnigan Scottish Shell. We have a Cat Line in the Sun Triple. Tripel. Tripel. Tripel, little Belgian style there. Couldn't see the ground Imperial Stout. Sheets of Empty Canvas Black IPA, as I mentioned, the Old Fashioned Lager. There's an IPA here that I just, I, I barely feel comfortable <laughs> saying the name because, uh, but it means something different, but uh, WAP IPA. All and right. We'll talk about that okay. a little more. So Sounds intriguing. It's controversial. That's a controversial term these days, Brian. It, so we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely talk about it some. But Brian, can you tell us what's happening in the news? What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. Well, the big news of the week appears to be the Brewers Association list of the top 50 breweries for 2020. And uh, it's based by volume, so volume numbers. And so really quick, I'll just give you the top 10. At 10, we've got Deschutes Brewery. Nine is uh, Stone. Eight, Artisanal Brewing Ventures. Man, that's a hard one to say. Seven's Bells. Six is Canarchy. Five is Gambrinus. Rip. Bridgeport. Four is Duvel Morgat. 
Uh, three is Sierra Nevada. Two is Boston Beer Company. And surprise, and number one is Yingling. I honestly didn't realize how big Yingling was for it's a huge. long time because yeah. years ago, my friends used to talk about going back to Pennsylvania to get the beer. So I kind of thought Yingling was like my Jenny Cream. Up in New York. Yeah, it's not It's not at all limited to that area. Honorable yeah. mention to the uh, guys from Sweetwater for grabbing spot 11 and previous guests on the show, New Glarus, for grabbing spot 12. And consider New Glarus is just Wisconsin. Just That's Wisconsin, yeah, yeah, and they're that big. Interesting news from the U.K., an illegally bulldozed London pub was reconstructed brick by brick and is opening back up in April. It's a pretty crazy story. A real estate developer bulldozed a 1920s pub, which was being considered for designation as a, an English heritage site. Apparently, it's a pretty common practice over there for real estate developers to just knock something down and pay a fine and just move on with whatever they were going to do with the space. And that's what they thought was going to happen here. But here's the thing. The English Heritage Organization created an extensive documentation on the structure, meaning it was impossible to rebuild it almost exactly the way it was, which gave the British court system an option they really never had before, the option to rebuild, and they ruled accordingly. So even the people that were protesting the demolition were uh, surprised by the outcome. It sets a heck of a precedent over there. I I saw that, and I was thinking, you know what? That'll teach the developers. Don't just go in there. I was surprised to hear that the developer just went in and leveled something. They're like, eh, we'll pay the fine. That's exactly it. I guess that's common practice over there because they know that's how the game works. Or they'll take part of the roof off and just let floodwaters ruin the structure, and then they have to What knock terrible it down. human beings. I know, are. right? Well, good news for the makers of Pepto-Bismol. A Virginia brewery is seeking recognition for the world's hottest beer. The Maltese Brewing Company Signal 1 2.0 Pineapple IPA is brewed with Carolina Reaper chilies and is 70% hotter than their first version, which was brewed with only 299 chilies per half keg. So I'm guessing we're going about 500 chilies per half keg, Carolina Reapers. Uh, At the moment, there's no official Guinness record for the world's hottest beer. Maltese is hoping to change that. They're working with the University of Mary Washington to get it official reading on the heat, concentrations of capsaicin and dihydrocapsaicin and all that sort of thing. And they plan to submit their findings to Guinness in the coming weeks, Tim. That sounds terrible. I know, I'm right? pass on that beer. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back very soon to talk with Back Paddle Brewing. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. Craft beer deserves craft glass. Thick Boys Glass has curated an online collective of glass artisans around the USA to bring you hand-blown beer glassware. These unique glasses are stylish and durable and have plenty of room to hold a tall boy of your favorite beer. Use code BEERGUYS at thickboysglass.com to get 15% off your order. Thick Boys Glass, that's T-H-I-C-C-B-O-I-S glass.com. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram boy that escalated quickly 
I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Remember, all episodes are available on demand. So if you missed the broadcast, get the podcast. Beer Guys Radio is available on all popular and unpopular podcasting apps. Now, let's get back to Back Paddle Brewing. Back Paddle Brewing, Kyle McLeod, owner and founder, correct, sir? That is correct. And I think you're... Uh, the form you filled out, chief bottle washer, cook, floor sweeper, all of that, right? Yeah, yeah. If, if it involves cleaning or cooking or uh, you know kegging off beers, I'm probably getting it done. You're in it. You're in it now. Back paddle brewing is in Lincolnton, Georgia, which is a, a pretty small town, correct? It is. I think the entire Lincoln County is right around five thousand people. Okay, so I think wow. there's that many in my subdivision. I yeah, think so. Probably. Yeah. Now. Also, Kyle, we talked about you're not from Lincolnton, and being a town that small, you don't see a lot of people that transplant to very, very small towns like that. How did you end up in Lincolnton? So I was living in the next county over. I work at the local army base for my day job, and the next county over still won't allow breweries to happen. So, oh, okay. oh, wow. Okay. Uh, through my catering company I had on the side at the time, my beef farmer said, well, why don't you try Lincoln County? I didn't expect much, but when I called the local chairman of the commission, he said, uh, when can you get here and how can we help you? So that was pretty positive. It's interesting that we still see these days that there are counties, municipalities that still don't want breweries. Even a county as large as, as Columbia County, where we were at, I mean, they have you know, hundreds of thousands of people there and, and they still don't allow them. Interesting. That's yeah. crazy. I know it happens all over the country, but we do face it more here in the South. You know, we're here in the Bible Belt, and there are some religious oppositions to alcohol. And especially when you get in the rural areas, we're fairly lucky here in metro Atlanta because it, it's pretty liberal. Not as much, but, you know, you get into the rural south, there is a lot of Baptists. It's evil. It's the devil's juice, Brian. As soon as we got Sunday sales, I forgot about all the hardships of living under the kind of a See? Baptist authoritarianism. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, everything's no. normal here. I forget. It's there's a places out there where, uh, yeah, they're going to control what you're drinking and when you're drinking yeah. and when you're buying it. So, yeah, and we still get locals that come in here and say, you know, five to ten years ago, Lincoln County was completely dry. So, yeah, the fact yeah. that we have a brewery now is, is, is huge. There's been a lot of education, say, the last decade or so about what breweries are all about, you know, and the fact that it's community, there's so much more to it. Anytime you have alcohol, you're going to have people that abuse it, sure, but for the most part. And we'll talk about your community involvement as we get into this more, Kyle. But mm -hmm. for the most part, breweries really do a lot to lift up a community, you know, rather than cause problems. They do. And, and out here, it's it's really cool because the, the Army base is, is expanding. They've got a lot more young, tech-savvy folks who are coming out here. And as the next county overfills up, they're sprawling out here. So we're getting a lot more of that. Every weekend, we probably have you know, a couple dozen folks who are popping into the brewery telling us they're, they're looking for land to build a house all the way out here. Okay. Now, and Kyle, you've mentioned military. You've mentioned catering, <laughs> making beer. You got your hands in all kinds of stuff, huh? Yeah. You know, it's one of those things when I got out of service, when I had idle time on my hands, is you know, it just wasn't a good thing. So the busier I stay, the the happier I seem to stay. Okay. I, I can't can argue with that. that then. What got you started uh, in brewing? Uh, I started home brewing actually, I think I was 16 or 17. It turns out that they do not card you or at least did not card you for uh, hops and barley. But for the ingredients. That's true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're technically non-alcoholic, all those so, things. So I made a lot of bad beer in my dad's barn in uh, southwestern Michigan. Joined the service, 
brewed off and on, got to tour the world and, and try what good beer was, and then finally come back and try to replicate those. So I'm curious, at the brewery from week to week or day to day, what do you spend more time doing, brewing or cooking? I spend more time brewing. That was part of why we brought Jason on board. Jason was an employee at a local uh, bottle shop and uh, homebrew supply shop. I was having some health issues, and between my wife and my cardiologist and myself, they said I had to give something up. Turns oh. out I found a brewer before we found a chef. Okay. okay. Well, there you that go. Sense. Works out. So, Jason, that answers a question. I was going to say, how did you get uh, connected up with him? But is this your first uh, foray into professional brewing? The first foray into professional brewing. I've uh, been home brewing for about three years. Okay. And um, I've um, been about 10 years in the beer business. Um, sold a beer at a local package shop, uh, two different local package shops in the Augusta metro area. What kind of beer were you at? You into brewing back in the the home brewing days? Um, home brewing, just about every other batch I put together was a, a saison. Uh, my favorite okay. style is a um, saison Dupont, which um, clocks in and around you know nine to eleven percent range. So the first couple of batches were pretty beefy. Oh, that's your, a, your versions that's of Im- it were a little Imper- high. <laughs> Dupont Imperial, <laughs> yes. there, right? Yeah, the, well, the great thing about home brewing is you can. Turn the dials just a little bit. That's right. Yeah. Massive results. A few weeks ago, we did the Saison show here where we talked about our love for Saisons. And, you know, we actually had a Blackberry Farms classic Saison that we drank before we got on the air here. We're, we're big Saison fans as well. We are indeed. Excellent. We knew you were good people. And I'm hearing, I'm hearing more, t- more chatter about them recently. I'm seeing more online. Uh, I wonder, I forget what the term is, but it's like, uh, like, let's say you don't notice that everybody drives a a Chevrolet Caprice and then you get a Chevy Caprice and you notice and you notice them everywhere. So I don't know if it was always there and I didn't notice it, but I feel like it's picking up again. There's a term for that. There's a name for that. I don't remember what it is, but I see that with Saison's. I've seen that a lot with smoke beers too recently. And we did a smoke beer show too. So yeah. Yeah. Now Jason, we didn't have a Saison in the mix here. No Saison was on the way. Uh, We've got a Saison. It's um, in the kegs at this moment. So, so it is happening. Saison is happening. Saison yeah, is happening on Saturday. <laughs> okay. Good stuff, man. Absolutely. We noticed the name Back Paddle Brewing. It seems like there's got to be a story there. Where'd the name come from? Yeah. So when I moved down here to Georgia, we had pretty much packed everything up. I quit culinary school, had an offer to come down here to the military base. But we got down here. I had no friends, no contacts. Through a couple of veterans groups, I got into kayak fishing and, and kayaking around the area and met up with uh, an owner of a, a kayak shop that unfortunately just uh, closed up due to COVID. But, you know, we formed this community of veteran, mostly kayakers in the area. Our kind of unofficial motto here is uh, just keep paddling. The second time I went out kayaking with these guys, we went down the Savannah River, down the rapids, and uh, I was you know, freaked out all day long. And they said, ah, it'd, it'd be fine. Just keep paddling. You'll be all right. Keep paddling. Keep paddling. Keep paddling. Yeah, they keep back paddling or just paddling? Just keep paddling. Just so. keep paddling. Whichever direction, Brian. Okay. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> when I lived in Arkansas as a, a younger fella, there's not a lot in Arkansas. I'm not a big fan of the state, if I must admit. So sorry to our Arkansas listeners. I'm not oh, my favorite state. We but, just lost a bunch of people. But we did have a lot of uh, streams and rivers there to go, you know, tubing or canoeing on. And, and we'd go, and I remember, gosh, I may have been 16 at the time. We went on a kayak trip, and it was me and my dad or a canoe trip. And uh, we overturned. We overturned, and the paddle was floating away. <laughs> so I grabbed the paddle, and I went to pull it, and we were kind of in a light rapid. And it pulled the paddle underwater and I kept pulling and 
it popped out of the water and I baseball swing hit my dad square in the head <laughs> with that boat paddle. So he was angry, but it, I didn't intend it. So that's my kayaking slash canoeing down the river. I kept paddling right into my dad's yeah, just, head. Just keep paddling, right? Yes, right. So my question is, is how do you get around the fact that kayaks have a shortage of cup holders? That's the biggest thing that keeps me from trying kayaking is I got um, no place to put my beer. A lot of the modern ones have a, a cup holder. Do they uh, really? Especially the fishing ones. And if you don't have the cup holder, there's usually a, a pot in the front. You can throw a couple of crawlers and probably not crawlers for you guys, but, uh, you know, a couple bombers or something. Okay. See, Brian's short-term memory is <laughs> like two weeks ago, we went in Cabela's and they had a pretty tricked out kayak there that had the cup holders and stuff on it. He'd, he'd forgotten about that. So. I did. And also I saw an opportunity for a bad joke. So okay. I had to go it was, for it. See how it, bad so. the joke was. Do we have yeah. a boo track over there, Nathan? <laughs> Do we have? I guess so, we don't. So what we'll was, what's the, the back paddle of it come from in the name? So the kayaking, what's back paddling? It's just going in reverse or what? It's just uh, sometimes when you go down the rapids, uh, you have you have to back paddle, you have to forward paddle, um, you know, whatever it really takes to get through those rapids. Okay. Just do it up. Just adjusting. Right? Adjust to the times, Tim. You just got to adjust. Absolutely. Well, you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We need to take another break. But when we come back, we'll find out if Back Paddle Brewing ever got their sharks. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout-out to our newest radio affiliate, News Talk K57 on 570 AM in Agana, Guam. That's Guam, Tim. Guam. That's an island. The island of Guam, it's correct. It's very far away. Beer uh, catch, Guys International. Beer right? Guys International. Catch Beer Guys Radio on News Talk K57 every Saturday at 10 p.m. and Sunday at 7 p.m. Guam time. Tomorrow, standard time. Tomorrow, right? standard time. There you go. Now let's get back to Back Paddle Brewing. Kyle, Jason, thanks again for joining us, guys. We just got into your Battle of Dunnigan, Scottish Shell. Now, I got a question. We're going to dive deep into yeast talk here, but is this brewed with the Kvike yeast as well? Because I think we found out on your Instagram that maybe there's a little break from that yeast. Uh, but for the most part, that's what you brew with, correct? Yeah, we brew that's almost right. exclusively with the Kvike yeast, uh, and the Battle of Dunnigan is definitely one of them that we continue using that on. Okay, okay. What made you decide to go that route? Uh, so when I was building this brewery out, I pretty much funded it from my savings account, my retirement fund, and a couple of uh, small friends of family, friend of family investors. So when it came down to equipment purchases, I didn't have the money for jacketed 
fermenters or even stainless steel fermenters at this point. So I had to get creative, uh, started researching around as, as I was making test batches and discovered the Gavaya keys. A uh, little bit I know other people were already using it uh, here and there, but uh, started using it in test batches. When I started linking up more with Jason, I gave him a, a big pitch of it and I said, hey, do something with this. Let me know what you think. Let's taste the beers. And was, that was pretty much the interview, you know, take this yeast, make your beer and let me, and <laughs> take, let me yeah. try it out. Here's your interview. Make beer. Kick yeah. make beer. <laughs> okay. So is it the temperature control aspect of it? It is. Okay. That makes sense. That's one thing we've talked about. And Jason talking about saisons before we had temperature control in our homebrew, that was one of the things we liked about brewing those, you know, you can run those temperatures up sure, and, uh, or just do it at room temp or whatever. You're still going to get a really nice beer out of it. Absolutely. I hope we can get a sample of that uh, Saison once it's caved up uh, off to you guys too. That one is, that's something I'm trying out. That one's a blend of uh, Saison strain and finished off with um, a blend of Kevike. So as far as I know, no one else has done one of those. Okay. Not, gotcha. not intentionally, probably. <laughs> right. Intentionally. Maybe they have. Who knows? Who knows? Now, I, I know you talked, Kyle, about funding for the brewery, and we saw something. I know you had a Kickstarter, and unfortunately that didn't meet funding, but that's not that uncommon anymore. It's a lot harder uh, to really get is. funding yeah. for a brewery these days. If you'd done it five, six, seven years ago, they fund almost instantly. You know? Right. But uh, one thing Brian picked up, you said something about getting sharks at the brewery. So. What prompted that? And have you figured it out? Do you have sharks at back paddle? Uh, we don't have sharks at back paddle yet. Yet? Yes. Yes. We'll keep working on it. Uh, Lincoln County is uh, home to what they call uh, Georgia's freshwater coast and Clarksville Lake. Um, we got towards the end of that Kickstarter campaign and, and, and we were really reaching and then figured we'd throw out some stuff and see what we could catch. Uh, unfortunately, it was not investors. That's too bad. That's, That's too, too bad. bad. I would have, if I'd seen it, man, I'd have bought in for the sharks. Well, well you know, awesome. there are freshwater sharks. I think is it bull sharks or something that can swim up into freshwater. Do you have any sharks in that lake? Have, are there any landlocked, interesting species of sharks? Or uh, not that I know of. Every now and then, you get somebody that will post a gag reel on some of the fishing pages, but uh, I don't think there's anything <laughs> in the lake shark-wise. I know a lot of like bull sharks, and I think piranha have made it. A good ways up the Mississippi. Yeah. Like oh. you'll hear him talk about, hey, we found a piranha in Memphis. Piranha? Yeah. Or you mean barracuda? No, I mean piranha. Oh, no I kidding. I mean piranha. And it may be something, someone dumping them or something like that. Oh, but, okay. You know, I'm not necessarily that they're, I don't think they're swimming from, you know, the Amazon to Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> but uh, nothing would surprise me with them. Right. That's right. They're going up there for some of, some of that barbecue. Memphis in May is a great festival. Maybe they're coming up for that. Deep fried piranha, baby. Yeah, get what you can there. You know, we talked in the first segment, we talked with Brian Orlando about his beer, you know, to support suicide prevention and mental health awareness. And Kyle, your brewery is very involved in the community and supporting causes there. You have a campaign you call Beer for Good, your charity program. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Uh, so I borrowed the, the hashtag Beer for Good program uh, from my good buddy, Steve Lowe. He runs... Uh, South Bend Brew Works up in South Bend, Indiana. When I was up there going to culinary school, they opened up. And this was, a, again, a, just a good way to give back to the community. I went up and talked to him on a, a family trip back to South Bend. said, hey, I really want to take this back to uh, Georgia with me. Can I use it? He said, by all means, we don't own it. Uh, do what you want to do, modify it. And that's what we've done. We try to sponsor three nonprofits every quarter, focusing on uh, a couple of veteran nonprofits and then something local. 
25% from every beer that we sell here goes straight to our beer for good program. So last quarter, we were able to cut three checks. Uh, this quarter, just ending now, we'll cut three more checks. That's pretty impressive considering you're a nanobrewery. You're not one of the big guys that is got, you know bringing in tons and tons of foot traffic, right? We're not. I mean, people really have to be traveling out here to come to back paddle or, or coming to the lake and, and stumble upon us on Google Maps, which we get more than our fair share of. But at the end of the day, you know, like you said, uh, breweries, almost no matter where they are, help their community. And I didn't want to come into this even as a nano without you know carrying that on. It's, it's almost a brewery tradition, if you will. Sure. Yeah, yeah that's uh we talked with Dan Kleban at Main Beer Company and he's in the I think it's called I'm going to mess up the 1% for good or 1% for the planet. Yeah, something along something those lines like, there, yeah. but he talked about, you know, start where you can with it. You know, if you yeah. say we're going to give 1% and your brewery brings in $1000 a year, you give your 1%, but when your brewery's bringing in a million dollars a year, that really amplifies there. Seriously. You don't have to say, I'm going to give, you know, X dollars or I'm giving away 25%. If you commit to that 1% as you grow, what you're able to give grows. Yeah. And, and as we saw more beer, more money is going to go to the Beer for Good program. Uh, right around Christmas time, we did a promo where uh, you brought in brand new shirts, socks, underwear, that sort of thing. We gave you a free pint and all those clothes went to a, a veterans nonprofit out of Macon. Uh, to help folks uh, who really need this, especially during the holiday season. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. You know, I've been meaning to ask the name of this beer. We mentioned briefly that it's brewed with the Quike yeast. What's the Battle of Dunnigan and what's behind that? Every now and then, Jason uh, leaves the name off of a beer and uh, I get the, the privilege of naming it. <laughs> My last name is McLeod. The McLeod clan in uh, Scotland is from the Isle of Skye. And uh, the Castle Dunnigan is uh, the longest inhabited castle in most, I think, all of Scotland. Don't quote me on that or go to the wiki on me. But so when we did a Scottish ale and he left the name off of it, I said, well, let's uh, come up with something. And we have uh, a plan up our sleeve for the, the next variation of that. We may or may not have a couple of freshly dumped uh, bourbon barrels. I think it's a, uh, a Scotch ale. Oh, nice. nice. Fell them up, man. Yeah. I should have Googled that. I think it, there's a, a rabbit hole I could have really run down with that. That's That sounds interesting. <laughs> B-B-B-O-D. Yeah, is, is what you can call it, man. <laughs> and I'm all on board for that. Bourbon Barrel Scottish Shells are really nice. I'm a fan. I'm definitely yeah. a fan. Yeah, they are. We rolled that one out somewhat ironically for our St. Pat's celebration. And uh, I think we've sold almost half of it already, which for okay. us, I mean, we're, right now we're selling two, two and a half barrels of beer a week, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. For, you know, town of 5,500 or what have you. You know, speaking of the small town, is there any craft beer scene there? Was there a craft beer scene? I think a lot of times I hear when you're in a small town like that, that educating the community is a big part of your brewery. Uh, that is a huge part. And that, that's actually most of what we do on the weekends here is educating, uh, especially the local crowd. Uh, we do get a lot of tourists. We get a lot of folks from the, the neighboring county who are young tech folks from the, the army base. Amazon's building a huge distro center here. But the local folks, we do have to, to educate. They've had some craft beer, Savannah River, Riverwatch Brewing. Are right over in right, Augusta, sure. and we're okay. really only about an hour from Athens too. So, the folks have traveled a little bit outside of Lincoln County, then they've got to experience that. Uh, but we're still teaching folks. We get a lot of what's the closest thing you have to Bud Light. Sure, yeah, <laughs> and we always try to keep something on hand for those folks as well. Yeah, it's it's important. You know, we're seeing a lot of breweries that are talking about diversifying where they have seltzer, of course. If yes, you know the seltzers, sodas. Uh, we've seen a couple get into wine, just cider. Make, Hard seltzer has been big for us. But you definitely have to have that the gateway beer, something that 
they're comfortable with it will bring them in and like make them realize that oh beer can have flavor too like it's not just carbonation right. start them out of their lager and yeah. next thing you know they're they're knee deep in the imperial style the pastry that. that's right <laughs> just having a good time with it yeah well you're listening to the beer guys radio show we do need to take another break but we'll be back very soon with more from back paddle brewery Looking for a great craft beer to enjoy at home? Get your beer to go at the Nest in Kennesaw, Georgia. Choose from their 48 taps to enjoy there with some tasty barbecue and take some home with you for later. Grab a crispy Pilsner, a nice tart sour, or a bold stout to sit by the fire. Just bring your growler in and choose a favorite or two to take with you. It's our beer, your growler at the Nest for your brews to go. Check out the beer and food menus before you visit at thenestkennesaw.com. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram roger roger what's our back there victor now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to beer guys radio show if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer guys patrons get cool perks like beer guys swag and commercial free episodes now let's get back to back paddle brewing guys we dipped into it a little bit earlier talking about the kavai keist and uh, that one was interesting. You know, we heard a lot of buzz of that, what, maybe a year ago, Brian? Yeah, year Where plus. people were talking, yeah. you know, that uh, it's something. Are you guys familiar with uh, Lars' blog, the website? Yes. Yes. Okay. I got a lot of our info from uh, Lars Marius Garshel, I think I is think his name. So. Something along those lines. But his site is a great source of information. I just find the yeast interesting. I think he might be the really authoritative source because yes. he's the person that's actually going to all of these Norwegian yeah. farms and collecting information, back, yeah. sampling things, yeah. and, and compiling it all for everybody. Right. Yeah. Now, how many strains have you used? And, and you know what? I haven't talked about it in a while. Are they still discovering or releasing new Kvike strains, or is it kind of a, a set group? Yeah, so Omega is who we get most of our stuff from. They are pulling different strains out. So far, we've used two base strains of Kvike. Uh, we're using Boss and Hornadol. Um, and then for anything that we want phenols in, we're actually using a Lithuanian farmhouse yeast, which has uh, the similar we can ferment it hot characteristics, but it gives us those peppercorn, clovey notes that we're looking for in our Belgians and, and any of those type of beers. And then most recently with our lagers, our, our, our pseudo lagers, if you will, we've started using a isolate called Lutra, uh, which ferments out super clean. That's pretty cool. Now, I know that Kvike yeast have a lot of temperature tolerance on the high end. Do they perform on the lower end of the spectrum as well? The lowest end, we've um, they tend to settle out around lagering temperatures. So when I, like when I put okay. the um, pseudo lager into the tank to get ready to carbonate and chill, it tends to settle down and particulate out. Uh, it behaves like a classic yeast strain under those circumstances. Gotcha. All right. 
Have you tried taking any of these strains through like extremes just to see what they do? Not really. We grew completely at ambient temperature. And it, it's really the, the temperature uh, is the whole reason we decided to use the Kvite strains. Um, I know a lot of folks try to use them early on because of the talk that you could ferment out in three days. Um, oh, yeah. But what we found is, you know, 80, 90 degrees when we pitch. Yeah, three or four days, it gets near terminal gravity. But it's still just like any other beer. Give it a, a week, week and a half, and it's going to be a better beer and a better product. Absolutely. Let it run the cleanup crew in there Seriously. after the That's fermentation's right. done. Yeah. Given some time, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to do this, but over time, if it sits on that yeast, will they continue to, to chew through it like maybe like a Brett or something would, like go beyond where a normal yeast would? Even without letting it sit, uh, just during our normal fermentations, one of the things we've had to really uh, kind of adapt to is the fact that it chews through the, the sugars uh, and dries things out really well, which initially was giving us uh, kind of a sharpness. It was on all of our beers. Um, I think now that we're eight or nine generations in the repitching, some of that's going away. It's kind of developing another characteristic. Have you figured out kind of where the, for lack of a better term, Sweet the terminal point is as far as how many generations you can go with this? Not yet. I think, uh, and I, I can let Jason talk a little bit more. We're, I think we're at eight or nine. Uh, we've had to revive Boss once uh, just because we got a, a contamination in our uh, pitches that we kept back, but that's been about it. I think with like in the true Kvike Norwegian farmhouse brews, they have that ring of, yeah. of sticks. Uh, it's a, like a, a wreath. Board, a okay. wreath. Yeah. I've seen the photographs. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, it's, a, it's an oaken ring usually. Okay. Yeah. It, so I'm assuming since basically they put that in their beer to ferment and then just hang it up and throw it in the next one. I'm assuming you can run many, many generations on this yeast. Yeah, we've uh, our Hornadol strain, which uh, seems to be a technology. The character is we're still figuring out as we go along. Okay, and it's um, all right. Picks up a uh, just as healthy and just as vibrant as the prime pitch. And have you seen any changes in the eight or nine generations? Uh, the only one I've really noticed a lot of was with the uh, the Lithuanian farmhouse strain Dravaru. The first couple pitches. That yeast seems to be kind of slow to take off, um, okay. and we don't get as many of the phenols. But in subsequent pitches, it, it takes off faster, performs more like the other Kvike strains. That kind of makes sense because the guys who pick up and get going reproduce more than the ones who don't. So mm -hmm. over time, you would think they'd breed out the guys who don't because art imitates life. Right yes. yes, or the other way around. I'm not sure. It's <laughs> I'm not sure how that pressure. works. Yeah. Do you guys use the oaken rings to hold your yeast? No oaken rings. We, we're pitching it to, um, to a flip top of receivable pitchers. Just go all the way with it, guys. Oh, go yeah. Go Norwegian <laughs> farmhouse, you know, you know, start lottering through a wooden box full of hay. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just Jitter go all the way with it. Too. Yeah. yeah. Branches, you know, there yeah. really is a lot of interesting stuff you, you look at. And again, I think this is from Lars' blog, but he went to some, you know, Eastern European farmhouse and they baked the mash. That's right. Like yeah. they, would, they would fire an oven up and she had like this wooden crate or, or some kind of crate, but they would mash a little bit and then put the, the mash in there. And I know they cranked these ovens up to like, they estimated like 500 degrees and threw the mash in there and just let it go till it totally cools out. They go the next day and lotter it and, and run the wart and all that stuff. So now with the way the with the way the Kvike works, it's probably able to chew through some of that that normal yeast wouldn't be able to. Because I mean, who knows what you're getting as a result of baking the mash like that? So 
You know, and I was thinking the interesting thing about the development of the Quake yeast is they had those wreaths. So what they were doing is hanging them up in their barns over time between batches. Those are picking up other microbes and other organisms. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. at some point, right. you get a cohesive blend that probably are strong enough to survive, but it develops differently from farmhouse to farmhouse. So. Sure. Yeah, and it's just one of those yeasts that you can just abuse, it seems, and uh, you know, it keeps coming back. We've, we've had one incident where our boss got contaminated and it kind of smelled of burned tires. We didn't even dump, uh, didn't even pitch it. But I mean, for the most part, I mean, we don't do the traditional things you're taught as a home brewer or, uh, you know, I'm sure there's going to be other brewery owners and brewers who are just shaking their head at us. But I mean, you know, we, we just pull a little bit off the cone, a slurry, put in a sanitized pitcher, put in the, the cold room when we need it, whether it's tomorrow or, or a month from now, that's what we grab and we, we just repitch. And it's always anxious to ready to go. Ready to I, go. Huh? I think yeah. Quike is just loves abuse. If you magnify them, I think you see a little ball gag in their mouth. They really like to be beaten. <laughs> Freaky DQ. Yeah, they are, they are freaks. freaks. That's the freak of the yeast world. Yeah. You should capital. I think you guys should market that. So definitely. I think that's our next crawler. That. That's it. Yes. Freak of the yeast. <laughs> the freak, freak of the yeast. So is there any intention? You talked about, Kyle, that when you started out, that kind of the main reason for you for going that way was just a cost savings with the temperature control and yet that do you have intentions as you grow to migrate away from that or are you happy rocking and rolling with the Gavike? honestly right now i'm happy with the product that uh, we're getting with the Gavike, and you know if it's not broke don't fix it so right now we're just gonna keep going with it obviously we hope to upgrade our equipment everything in here is, is home built we're still doing it old school you know things you'd have seen in the 90s that you're not seeing nowadays with a lot of breweries we're, we're fermenting in plastic conicals we built a brew house ourselves out of stainless steel, 55 gallon drums. Um, I mean, pretty much everything's just homebrew, but bigger. So eventually we'd like to upgrade that, but with the sure. yeast, uh, there's really no point in changing it. Are there any strains of Kvike that you're not using yet? Because I think there's a number of them out there that you're looking at. We just ordered a strain uh, called SB that I don't think we've pitched yet. And I mean, there's a, there's a ton. The most popular are the Hornadol and the Boss. Yeah, um, for sure. So we, we picked those up first. And then the Lutra, we really wanted to get into the seltzer game because, I mean, yeah. we're here to make a little bit of money as well. Uh, so we got into the Lutra and it's fermenting our seltzers. It's fermenting those pseudo lagers and pilsners. Uh, Kvike well. seltzers. All right. Oh, All right. That, you know what? That's a that's, that's an approach that I've sure. not heard anybody else take yet. So Norwegian <laughs> yeah. farmhouse seltzer. Yeah. And you know, we get a lot of people who come in here and say, you know, I don't like seltzers but I would drink a whole bunch of these. Uh, that yeast is just, it's just killing it uh, in the, the fermentation game. <laughs> you know, I've trash talked seltzers a lot, and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a big fan of the movement, I should say. People who were downing certain beverages five years ago are now making alcoholic sugar waters and pitching them you know, as craft. Now, I know some people do put as much craft into the seltzer mm -hmm. as anything, but to me, it's like the wine coolers of the 2020s, you know? It's like, yeah. whatever, man, put a Jolly Rancher in that and call it a Zima, <laughs> you know, <laughs> go on with it. Well, guys, is there any intentions to release a Zima clone? Uh, not a Zima clone. We do have a couple of really crazy things coming out. Uh, okay. Keep an eye on that around Memorial Day, 4th of July. Good I'm, stuff. I'm excited by Quike Seltzer. Quike Seltzer, yeah. yeah I, it's interesting. I'll give that a shot just because of the yeast involved. We should take a trip to Lincoln. You can take a kayak out looking for some bull sharks, Brian. Exactly. There or Loch Ness go. monsters. One of the two. Yeah.
thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. If people want to learn what is going on and what's new with Back Paddle Brewing, what is the best way to do that? Uh, the best way is going to be through social media, uh, Facebook uh, and Instagram, Back Paddle Brewing at both of them. Usually every Monday or Tuesday, we release what's going on, usually along with the beers that they're going to be kicking uh, over the weekend. Awesome. Sounds good, guys. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks, guys. Pleasure. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Join us next week as we talk with Roadmap Brewing. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. <laughs>